Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Eight Ball. We're back. New season, new year, new us. Same new deadlines. Consistency <laughs> of podcast issue. Um, when you went to sleep last night and you laid in bed, would you describe your position as extremely horizontal? It was almost entirely horizontal. Yeah. But it, but I I would say I would say I la- I lay extremely horizontally. <laughs> it is really funny, isn't it? For context, uh, but do it does get... need some. Yeah, Ben Duckett's come up with the weirdness. Um, have you got the exact quote there? Uh, not to hand because that's not the kind of <laughs> podcast this is. Uh, I didn't know you were going straight into that. Uh, sorry, I enjoyed Just decided it. Decided like a sort of cold open with Ben Duckett's yeah. extremely horizontal. Uh, we can find it. I'm, you know, I'm doing it now. You talk about it. So he's he's talking preemptively, always dangerous, about how he's going to flourish in the in India for the Test series, and not unreasonably, he's talking about how if you're if you are Ben Duckett and yeah. your <laughs> defensive shots are not great, or don't do them your sweep shots are many and varied against the turning ball. The sweep shot is, is a pretty valid choice for in both defense and attack. I mean, he's, I don't think I've ever seen a player set themselves up quite so much for a fall. It, it's arguably even more so than, I don't know. Well, 150 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've got, I don't know over 10 sweep shots on both sides of the wicket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, Go away. Sorry, I found the quote then, and now I'm getting uh, getting attacked by McAfee offering me things that I've already paid for. Fuck you, McAfee. Protect protect yourselves is what I'd say. Uh, are, um, they on the, are they on the list with, with you, Lon, of this podcast's enemies? <laughs> the more it spins, my bat is going to be extreme. The more it spins, my bat is going to be extremely horizontal. It's a weird sentence anyway, yeah. isn't it? So, so what's good is that it doesn't actually make... Grammatical, yeah, easy for me to say. It doesn't actually make grammatical sense as a sentence. The more it spins, the more my bat is going to be extremely horizontal. I'm not getting into. I'm not getting into yeah, words. That, that's that's not the point. It's not the um, point, is it? Because because both of us just failed to do sentences there, didn't we? <laughs> sentences are hard, hard as batting in India with with an extremely vertical bat. You know, yeah, extremely horizontal. But I also feel like is. Is horizontal one of those? Is it an absolute? I'd like. I think horizontal yeah. is absolute. Yeah, yeah. it's on an it's angle. It's horizontal or it isn't. It's angle. Extre- yeah. <laughs> extremely horizontal isn't a thing. Yeah. But what I think, what I think he means, it's obviously funny <laughs> to to imagine that what he means there is his bat on any specific shot. If you were to go out there with a. <laughs> You know, with a uh, with a device and measure it would yeah. be would be ninety. What he means is the frequency with which the bat will be horizontal is extremely yeah. high. That's what he's going for. But extremely horizontal, it sounds like it's a bit like sort of. It feels like an extremely unique in that you can't. Yeah. It's is it horizontal or is it not horizontal? But he's talking about over the course of a day or the eight balls he might actually bat. <laughs> If he if he does decide to be extremely horizontal, <laughs> um, but it just it is a phrase that 
as soon as I read it, I started giggling and wasn't entirely sure where, why. Um, I've since decided that Extremely Horizontal should be the title of a Flat Earth Conspiracy Theorists podcast, uh, possibly, <laughs> possibly featuring a guest appearance from Matt Letizier yeah. and maybe Ben Duckett. Yeah, who knows? You don't know? No. Um, which would still only be the second most um, vexing England cricketer podcast of the week. Do you think Ben Duckett would do a, a little sort of very, very poor West Indian accent on there and say Wagwan? I'd like to think that Duckers is better than that. I do too. Um, he's, too he's too busy um, um, but we putting know his bucket hat on. Yeah, Duckett in a bucket. Awful. Brilliant. That's that's his. That's what his podcast yeah. would be. Yeah, it would be him taking a bucket hat, taking a sideways look at um sea beach craft. Yeah, there that's you go. What that... Sandcastles, and he'd be he'd be looking at that beach and saying that is extremely horizontal. There'd be a little there'd be a little animation of of him with a sandcastle, someone walking through it, and he's obviously very small, so he would be child sized and they would say, Oh, castled again, and then he'd look all sad. Yeah, and then wah, be, wah, wah. Like that. then, then there'd be an, an animation of, of Zach Crawley, which would look like Stephen Merchant from the yeah. XFM Gervais podcast thing. Yes. Just well, maybe animation. you wouldn't even see the top of his head. Yeah, he's like do. that'd be out of frame. Just yeah. You'd just be able to sort of say that. And then he'd be saying something whimsical and posh about, you know, Chinese proverbs or something. <laughs> um, and How many sandcastles he's got down the road? He doesn't know. Somewhere around 150, I think. Yeah, I don't know. And, and it would be funny because um, although they're both adult humans, their, yeah. height, their heights they are, are different. <laughs> they are different, aren't they? Do you know what? Ben Jacket yeah. would definitely have a low release height. Oh, yeah. It's skiddy. Mm. Very skiddy. But It'd quicker be, than you think. No use, no use for England <laughs> in the current regime. No. Um. Uh. Do you know what in Ben? But, life... but Ollie Robinson's <laughs> agent must just ah. shitting himself, mustn't he? Constantly. Yep. That's like I think it was. I haven't listened to it. Obviously, no. I mean, a, it, I, I consider myself a professional, but there professional. are limits. <laughs> not professional. There are limits to what I'm willing to do for this yeah, podcast yeah. and listening to, but I think I looked at it and it was something like an hour and seven minutes. Nope. An hour and seven minutes of Ollie Robinson with a microphone, the ECB and his agent, like they won't let Joffrey Archer play IPL in case he has a misfortune that rules him out. Yeah, Ollie Robinson's allowed a microphone for an hour and seven minutes. Come on. Yeah, Rock key, get a grip, get a grip of this key. Who's um is who's it who's it done by? Is it affiliated with a magazine or newspaper or anything like that or whatever? I very much doubt that it's as No, because there's surely there's I'm sure there must be things in place so you don't get you know maybe maybe he's sowing the early seeds of a of a, a Joey Barton. A Joey Darton. Just... Absolutely like I don't, I don't to to be clear, Ollie Robinson is a twerpy tit knob, yes, but he's not not that levels early seeds. But you could absolutely see him making that play mm. post career if uh, if he felt it necessary. Yeah. Um. Do you know what isn't extreme in Ben Duckett's life? Go on. The decor in his <laughs> front room. 
it's extremely vibeless. It is. Uh, congratulations on uh, engagement. Um, theirs, not ours, with any listeners. Um, <laughs> but essentially, that there's there's a picture of him and his his fiance. He he made a joke about because she's a few years older than him. She's older than him, so he calls her a cougar. She says he's punching. That's the sort of level, level his podcast yeah. would be at. <laughs> Which, you know, be yeah. better than this one, but it's, you know, if anyone is thinking of uh, getting into Extremely Horizontal with Ben Duckett, <laughs> um, you know, just just be aware that that, that might be the level. Yeah. Of... I'll tell you what, he won't need a spirit level to get his, uh, his artwork horizontal because there is none. It's nothing. <laughs> There's a crushed velvet sofa and a very, very well put together Christmas tree. That's it. A suspiciously well put together Christmas tree in yeah. a house bereft of all other trimming, yeah. which suggests and that's been a... delivered. And as we have discussed, uh, he's a very short man, so you'd expect there to be more gathering on the bottom half. <laughs> what? What, there's gaps, what? There's gaps up there. You haven't put what? the lights. You've got. You've done. You've wrapped the lights round. They go up and down now. You know, like you see that 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 picture you get on Facebook of someone holding a small child in the air to put the star or angel atop. I would have liked to see a picture of uh, Ben Duckett's fiance <laughs> holding him putting, yeah. putting a star. That would have dis- detracted from the Just... the the serial killer blankness <laughs> yeah. of the, of the just, walls. Just po- just popping a little a little a little figurine of Luke Littler on the top. That's <laughs> it. Our spiritual king now isn't he bless him. <laughs> and can I just before we move on uh, congratulate us both for doing a whole segment there on Ben Duckett, extremely horizontal, and his uh, fiance, and resisting the uh, temptation to <laughs> reference extremely horizontal jogging. Yeah. <laughs> well done, us. Yeah, and by do it by mentioning it there, it means you're allowed to say it. Yeah, yeah, we said it, so we got the laugh for it. Hopefully, one or two, but but by adding the prefix of. We, we didn't say it. it means that you can't tell us off for being base. Yeah, I've had my cake. Filthy. I've had my cake and eaten it there. Yeah, you've had too many sugar-free Red Bulls and drunk them. That's what I think's happening. You, <laughs> you're drunk on energy beverages. Um, thank you for all your correspondence while we've while we've been on our extended Christmas winter break. Um, uh, they're all good. Tagging us in stuff is is always fun, and we'll find it, and then we'll talk about it. So thank you for all of that. Um, this episode is about the myth of cricket needing a strong West Indies. In it, Dave? We, yeah, we, we've. It, I feel like we've talked about it in pretty much every episode we've ever done, <laughs> and always said, "Let's not talk about this now because there's a whole episode in it." It's obviously. We might repeat ourselves. Don't be cross. We can't remember what we did. It was years ago. Yeah. Even though it was three episodes ago. Yeah. It was three episodes slash three years. Same thing. Um, it's it's obviously very closely related to the whole thing of Test cricket dying and not dying or whatever, which we've we've done an episode on. And it's it's not so much that it's a myth that cricket needs a strong West Indies. It's the if it is true. Then it's it's a symptom, not a cure. Yes. If because because what cricket cricket needs a strong India. Fact, but that's bad 
it's very, very unhealthy to need that. Cricket basically needs a strong India and to a lesser extent, a strong Australia in England, because without them, the whole thing falls apart. And to be clear, when you say cricket needs a strong, international cricket needs a strong, is is the unspoken prefix to it all, because that's what it means. And it is one of those where, like, because Test cricket has always been dying in the same way that young people have always been rude and young people have always been lazy and, you know, not like in the olden days. It's all, it's one of those that always been, but actually now it might be. Yeah, and, that... you know, the, the threat, and it's also, it's not test cricket. This is the, where, where people are like, that's the focus because that's the one where, you know, test is best people who are often, let's be fair, very dull people. <laughs> um, uh, that that's where they get animated, but it's not Test cricket; it's international cricket. Yeah, it won't it won't be Test cricket that dies; it will be international cricket that dies. So you'll see people doing su- suggesting things like, "Well, if we bin off ODIs, maybe we can save Tests and T20s." It's like, no, if you give up on One Day Internationals, you give up on international cricket, because for for vast vast numbers of countries, that's that is the pinnacle for them. That is the the only target. And Test cricket is such a far off dream that even if they were to achieve it, the only way they could achieve it would be via ODIs in what Afghanistan did. They didn't they didn't achieve Test status on the back of a really strong domestic first class structure. So if you if you yeah. if you take if you take away ODIs, you're, you're giving up on international cricket. The rest of it will wither and die. Um, I saw the um, the great cricketer lads today talking about day one of the Australia-West Indies test, which is obviously why we're doing this now. Um, describing it as like, to, to them, the first time that test cricket in Australia had felt like that sort of civil war reenactment thing, that this is LARPing now. this is a live action role play of test cricket and the first time it's felt that way in Australia it's probably a bit excessive because this is still an Australia team that has half a dozen players in it who are going to go down as great Australian test cricketers but that West you know that is a West Indies top seven that you know it's not with the best one in the world, it's not a test match top seven, is it? You know, none of them average 40 in, in first-class cricket, never mind test cricket. It's, it's as weak as they've been as a batting unit. They've still got a tidy enough bowling unit, which might, you know, they're going to lose these games, but their bowlers, um, their bowlers are probably good enough to stop it being too humiliating too often. But, even that's not really the point. It's not about West Indies having a weak team now. When it when it will start to feel much more like, you know, test cricket as a sort of, oh, this is here because tradition dictates it's here. You know, this South Africa side that's yeah. a complete second string side to protect their T20 tournament. Not even the wrong decision. It's a really good T20 tournament. It's got strong local player base uh good crowd it's 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 a good tournament that south african t21 
and it's not just that it's a brutal financial decision but it also is that that that's more important to them yeah in the in the short to medium term they're Spreading not the money to around do it. as well um so i don't i don't think we're really quite at that stage but i think you can you can see like you, you can see where a road where test cricket does end up being that sort of thing it, like sort of not too dissimilar to where it is in women's cricket now it's like it's to australia england and australia australia india and england's credit that in the last couple of years there's been some very very good women's test matches yeah but generally in 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 the you know the recent body of women's test cricket where it's so sparse yeah. the games have often been frankly crap yeah. when at a time when in t20 and odi cricket that was not the case that women's cricket was great but they the test the test matches were rubbish because they had no you know no relevant experience this wasn't this wasn't the pinnacle of anything because to be the pinnacle of something there has to be something underneath it and these tests these these sporadic women's test matches exist over no sort of overarch there's no overarching thing that they represent the top of they're just there and that's that's where men's test cricket potentially ends up with what a little more than exhibition games between you know oh it's the ashes because it's the ashes and it's England India and Australia playing a few games you know we're yeah. we're, we're miles away from there being no test cricket but we're not miles away from there being no meaningful test cricket yeah and um and and the West Indies will always be a you know it, it's always going to be cricket needs a strong West Indies yeah. as the as the line because. The people who say it are the ones they grew up with what, with the greatest team the, arguably yeah yeah with what remains a firm contender to be the greatest cricket team ever assembled um and so seeing them reduced to what they are hits harder than it happening to anyone else once you bear in mind that it won't happen to that extent to india england or australia because it can't but it's it's not just West Indies. No. They're, they're just all they're just always going to be the the easiest yes. cipher for it, and it's but it's never it's cricket does need a strong West Indies because of the way cricket's structured. But cricket having a strong West Indies doesn't save it from anything. No. If you look at it, it, yeah. it's it, it's a sticking plaster because it needs a strong West Indies and it also needs a strong South Africa and a strong Pakistan and a strong Sri Lanka yeah. because it doesn't have enough teams. Cricket doesn't have enough teams or ha- yeah. you know hasn't allowed itself to have enough teams. Yeah. That's the that, and that's a point as well, isn't it? That you know the way that cricket behaves in allowing other people into the room, and then oh people want to leave the room of their own because oh fuck we weren't expecting that. And now you've got situations like South Africa and like Sri Lanka getting fewer and fewer tests and Bangladesh barely having any. And then it it the, the, the two, it is to me the, the the two test series is a massive problem. Yeah. Now, like I, I know when people talk about four day tests, a lot of people get very, very upset about it. But give me three four day tests over two five day tests Agreed. in any series. Ever. <laughs> 
Agreed. I'd far rather see that. Far rather see that. And I, they're not perfect. And I get all the arguments against four-day tests because we still haven't cracked over rates. You know, you can still bowl your overs as slow as you like as long as Usman Kawaja comes out at the end and says, oh, let us off. Yeah. <laughs> you will be let off and the opposition inexplicably harshly punished. I'm still rattled by the ashes in case anyone... <laughs> um, Episode 6,241. <laughs> they still bang on about fucking body lines, so they can fuck off. Fair point. Um, and, you know, the, the, the overrate thing is a problem. The, if you lose a day to weather, you much more significantly fuck a four-day test than you do... A five-day one. But if you're looking specifically at two alternatives, and one of them is three four-day tests, and one of them is two five-day tests, then in terms of like overrate or losing a day or whatever, you have you less seriously fuck a series if it's three games than you do if it's two. It's like like you look at that South Africa India series. If, if ever there was a test series that merited a, a third game and a decider, because you had India turn up, have one sort of bad start to the first test, get wiped out in the first test, lose, you, and you can't win the series. They then spangle South Africa in the second test. It's a one-all draw, and absolutely no one leaves satisfied with that. No one's satisfied with that outcome. It is, it's just an unsatisfactory outcome that is so predictable and so likely, especially when it's that way round, that it, the touring team struggles in the first game, gets up to speed in the second. Oh, done now. Yeah. That's rubbish. That's, yeah. that's a rubbish series between two teams who demonstrably were capable of giving us a really good series. But you, you, take, you take all the life out of it in those first couple of days where India effectively have lost the first test and when they eventually do it's like yeah they came back and they drew it that's good they you know they played really well in the second test but it's, it's unsatisfactory isn't it yeah so it it, it, it's not just that but but the, the thing that I've noticed is a lot of this coming from Australia and I, this isn't having a go at Australia I often am having a go at Australia and I'm very open about it. So I'm not hiding behind it here. But there's been a lot in Australia talk of this particular West Indies team and the weakness of it. Again, a lot of they don't want to play Test cricket. They don't want to play it. They don't want, and it boils my fucking piss because you hear this from Australia and England and India all the time about all the other countries. Ah, do they even want to play test cricket? Are the hearts even in it? And it's well, it's up to you guys, isn't it? Because it's you who have the power to actually change it. It's not yeah. that West Indies don't want to play test cricket. It's not that West Indians aren't interested in test cricket. It's means and opportunity that are lacking, not will. You know, it's not that they don't want to. You know, you can't tell me that any of those West Indians out there didn't yeah. want didn't want to be. It's not that's not it, is it? That's no, not and that's issue. that's also it's dunk, just lazy. It's dunking on someone's professionalism. And it's all, it's and... almost victim blaming. Yeah. You know, these yeah. all these yeah, other absolutely. all these it's... other smaller smaller test playing nations, for want of a better word, are victims of the financial dominance of particularly India, but to a lesser but very real extent also 
England and Australia. Yeah. And it and it and if all the gobshites from England, India and Australia <laughs> really do care about saving test cricket yeah. and saving international cricket, then it's up to them. It is up to them to step up and actually do you know that's what Brian Lara was talking about. Brian Lara was talking about this. Uh, Brian Lara, of course, someone who's played <laughs> Test cricket. That um, is, he's he's obviously a a, a, a you know, you know, you all these stories about him just just inviting people round, like just having open house parties and people having a beer at Brian Lara's house. It's just yeah. he just seems like a total sound dude. I think, and in, and he's there, and it's like, look, Dwight York. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing here? Not in a racist way. <laughs> I'm happy because he's Dwight York. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, he's clearly an awesome fella, and I do, the, I just the, love the humility of, of of just being that humble to say, you know, I, I played played myself as, as someone who's played. Like, I I I love I like, I pointed it out on X. <laughs> you lord, thanks you lord, you fuckwit. Uh, I pointed it out on X, and obviously, lots of people enjoying it. Uh, Tom Evans saying it's. What you normally hit, how you normally hear a, a, a like a sort of Premier League club captain describe a Sri Lankan slow left armor who took three yeah. for 242 against India in 2008. Yeah. Someone who's played Test cricket, you know, he's he's had a go at the, the very highest level. It's it's not it's not how you would it's not how anyone else would ever describe the career yeah. of Brian Charles Lara yeah. as it is legally required to refer to him. Yeah. Literally, first three names on the all-time greats team sheet. He's in the top three. He, 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 there's not even a conversation. Well, he's at four next. It's just you know, as someone who's played, as someone who is on an exact par with Darren (laughs) Pattinson and Gavin Hamilton, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and no one, no one would begrudge him that. You know. I played this. As someone who's played look, over a hundred tests, you could even have just said that. Yeah. As someone who's played, look at me, look at my fucking numbers. I'm allowed an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that. Someone who's played test cricket, I love it. And I was, it's yeah. just, it's brilliant. But it also, I think, I think there's a bit about this. Is it in Rain Men by Marcus Berkman about how the most unreliable thing anyone can ever say? He's talking specifically about cricket, but this applies to any sport. And also any musical instrument is I play a bit. Yeah. Someone who plays a bit is either the best or worst you've ever encountered at that particular task. Someone who's played a bit of cricket either narrowly missed yeah. turning pro and bowls 80 mile an hour outswing, um, bats belligerently at number six, scoring at runner ball and can keep wicket if needed. Or literally can't hold a bat yeah um played played for the second 11 when they were in year eight yeah has their dad's pads (laughs) it's it's someone who's either still got a a pair of uh west australia under 19s training shorts (laughs) yeah or or literally couldn't tell you what a short leg is yeah, well, there's, I've, no in, there's no in between on someone who's played a bit. I've had it, and I feel like, unfortunately, it's like the the joy of the pub bore because of the rise of the internet. The pub liar, you know. I think we've like we've lost that. As I think that was a great 
British tradition. You know, you start talking about the football, and there's some sixty-year-old yeah. geezer telling you he uh, he was on the books at West Ham, and you know he he was actually coming through uh, um, uh, with David Seaman. We were both playing for England <laughs> under fifteens. You like you just terrible like, knee injury. Yeah, you can just like it's just not true. And now you can you can look it up and find out. Yeah. And I think then when they, when they, people they, hold on when people come in when people come into clubs and say, oh yeah, I'm you know I play a bit, and you look on their play stats, and it's like no, you've you you averaged sixty in the Cumbrian Premier League. Yeah. You you're allowed to say you're all right, or yeah. they don't exist, and you can tell from you. I can tell if someone's going to be good by their shoes if. If man drops into the nets wearing slip on Lonsdale's, he plays a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I we were talking about Brian Lara. Um, I'm just looking at Brian Lara's Wikipedia page here. His photo's good, so we'll send in your bad cricketers. Wikipedia yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely work. That it's a shame yes. no one's still listening. Yeah, because I've, beautifully, I've, beautifully I've, done. I forgot to find one for today, uh, which is the next episode after I said would make it a feature. So that's on me. But there's a picture <laughs> of uh, Brian Charles with um, Barack Obama, and Obama's form looks good. Head's head's well, going in the right. Head's going in the right place. Um, a bent front leg. Bats a little. Oh, bit... that's reminded me of something that I meant to talk about today, but that we haven't. So that's good. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Oh like... yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's sometimes it comes together, doesn't it? This <laughs> thing. Um, I love the fact that in that video you've got Novak Djokovic. Now people will argue about who the tennis goat is. Oh. And we're not getting into that, but what we will say is that is a man in that conversation. Yes, at the very very least, Novak Djokovic is in the conversation for being the most skilled man in history at hitting a bouncing tennis ball with a tennis racket. Yeah. Ask him to do the exact same thing with a cricket bat, shitter than I am. <laughs> that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I've got, I've got some technical pointers for Novak. And I know that the, the short video that got posted of him having a great big air swing at one, there were some that he hit. He did hit some, but with very bad form. And very mediocre technique and not in any yeah. way looking like a cricketer. The first thing I would say to Novak Djokovic, proud owner of one of the finest two-handed backhands in the game, is let's switch you around and have a go left-handed. Because yeah. the closest thing to your cricket swing is going to be this two-handed backhand you've got. And it's again, this is another one of mine, like real bugbears about how left-handed and right-handed are rubbish descriptions for what batters do. And neither of them, they're not, they're not wrong, but they're just not helpful. Left and right-handed are the wrong descriptions for that because you use both hands. And the closest thing to a left-handed batting swing is a right-hander's two-handed backhand. Yeah. Um, Roger Federer is a left-handed, but I bet Roger Federer has a left-handed cover drive to fucking die for. Yeah. Oh, Loves his cricket as well. He does love his cricket. But when he bats, so I've seen him like do sort of like fake, like while playing tennis, like do a left-handed forward defensive because he's playing tennis. But when he's doing that kind of promotional shit, it's like Djokovic was with Steve Smith. He bats right-handed. Yeah. I know that like part of it comes down to dominant eyes as well and things like that, doesn't it? But 
it's it's they're not helpful descriptions left and right handed no nah. most most left-handed batters aren't left-handed people we know this by the sheer numbers like the the instant instance of left-handedness in the general population is like 12% but the instance of left-handed batting is way higher and how many left-handed batters bowl right-handed fucking loads of them you know True. Stokes, Broad, Anderson, <laughs> Sessions. <laughs> that's two Gervases we've got in here. That's the limit. Yeah, that's, this, that's enough. Because he's a twat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got oh, a Oh, what's the matter, mate? Am I too edgy for yeah. you? Yeah? With my yeah. left hand, it is a shit name for left-handed batting. Was yeah. it too controversial for you? Are you offended, mate? Are you offended, yeah? If you don't like Good. it, don't listen to my show. <laughs> um... Let's move on from Brian Lara. Um, I've got a question. There always seems to be former players or current players even in legal disputes with the board as well. I, f- I feel like West Indies, that seems to happen a lot. The, the most recent one, which is, was from earlier this week, um, Shane Dowrich taking the CWI to legal action for a hundred and seventy-two US, it's hundred seventy thousand US dollars for, um, because he, he was on a central contract and then he missed a, a number of games because he was given time off for personal reasons. I I don't have any information to go into those personal reasons, nor would I, but it appears that he was under the impression that financially it would be all right for him to go, and now it isn't. And by the way, you're not getting your bunts, and you're also been dropped. And now we've recalled you, and now you've moved yourself out of the team because of this. It just always seems that there's always they, they, they don't seem to have a grip on things like that. And I don't know—is that just lack of West, funding, lack of people? Ah, but West Indies always—it's—it's it's always difficult as well. With with West Indies is a unique situation, isn't it? Extremely unique because <laughs> yeah. because it's not one country. It, there's always been that difficulty with the, the western is that it's a collection of yeah you know separate nations not just separate islands you know the, the, it, it's not a thing is it west indies isn't a thing except for this once mighty cricket team um so there's that there as well it it, it makes the sort of organization a bit you, you need miller on if we're going to talk about this in any uh yeah, meaningful way because yeah. we don't know what the fuck we're talking no, we about, and it's 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 also a, it's a tricky thing to to talk about with with things ongoing well, and and without uh, knowing the specifics exactly exactly. But it, my point is that there's they're usually wicket keepers as well, but there always seems to be a, a these these long standing legal disputes that's it. Wicket keepers are dickheads, mate. <laughs> but it's it's almost just and we we can say that because we are them. Yeah. Uh, we're allowed. We're all a little bit mad. <laughs> oh, have to be, don't you? Hurt my hands hurt. Finger um, still hurts. Do six months, six months ago, I did that. Still, still hurts. Would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about Steve Smith. Would you like to? Talk yeah. About Steve Smith? Well, I was going to say I've got a question for you. If we're doing questions, yeah. How long after someone no longer averages sixty in Test cricket are we allowed to say he averages sixty in Test cricket? Because I feel like it's yeah. not at all. This I, means like yeah, right. This is real fun. This this thing. Uh, there's there's loads of elements to it. One, 
<laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to button. Uh, there's an excellent second mention in this article about Dowrich that I was trying to find something he's referred to as a diminutive Barbadian. <laughs> yeah, textbook that diminutive Barbadian. Good stuff. Just exactly how normal people would talk. <laughs> Always, whenever journalese just slips effortlessly into the language of the people like that, because you or I, if we had to mention Shane Dowrich twice in a conversation, would just say Shane Dowrich. Yeah. But if you're writing it down, <laughs> it's bad. Can't repeat words. Journalists have decided that saying Shane Dowrich's name twice would be mental, and it's somehow <laughs> much more sensible to say the diminutive Barbadian. <laughs> the power. What is the the uh the powerful? The, the, uh, what's his name? He's a Swiss footballer, and he's. I was gonna say my my best one. The powerful I, Swiss. <laughs> I, I I I described the Jordan Shakiri. Shakiri, that's that's what I was thinking the, of. As, as the barrel shaped Swiss playmaker. <laughs> it's loud. I I've I've been called uh, a Willie Willy Thorne. Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> Just Willie Thorne doesn't even say Willie Thorne. Willie Thorne looking motherfucker. That's that's the second mention he uh, I knew it course. was going to be Willie Thorne. <laughs> Willie Thorne, there, the uh, the uh, tall Leicester Q Smith. <laughs> um, yeah, so Steve Smith, as of as of not including this match, averages fifty eight point point zero one. Yeah, so he doesn't average sixteen. Like yeah. the justification for Australia making the very very English move of making someone who's brilliant do do a different job that they might not be brilliant at. Yeah. And all the justification was, oh, he'll be the best opener in the world within within a year or two. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well, well, he might be. But ages he as well. Because 34, 34 as well. Because cricket's weird and weird shit happens all the time in cricket. So he might be, but yeah. he probably won't because he's not even the best middle order bat in the world anymore. He was, yeah. you know, he's not even the best since Bradman anymore. He's the best since Voges, which is much, much shit. <laughs> Put that on the tattoo it, on your chest. You know it's so, but but all the talk has been, oh, he's the best best player in the world. Of course, he'll be yeah. a brilliant opener. So yeah, in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, I don't doubt that he would have been able to average fifty as an opener. He, he would have done it because he was yeah. at that time. But even then, the only times he ever struggled in his absolute peak years where he was just apparently scoring 200 every other week where he was putting together you know a, a sustained run of form across you know 40 50 tests in the middle of his career where he was doing things that basically no one other than Bradman has ever done even then the, the times in that period where he looked halfway mortal were things that would make you worry about him as an opening batsman under lights in Adelaide yeah. when England <laughs> That that's it. The, the three two series England had in twenty fifteen in it against them when he got double hundreds in the two London tests on flatties, but struggled when it was nibbling around. You yeah. know, footwork early on, all that noise walk, walking yeah, around. If ever, if ever, you know, he he's not. He wasn't the best since Bradman. Oh, and by the way, he also possesses this exemplary classical technique, perfectly suited yeah. to opening the bat in. You know, yeah. which you know, it isn't it isn't the be all and end all, but the be all and end all, and he's he's always he been a very be. adaptable and you yeah. know, and a, a brilliant, brilliant player. That's why he you was, average fifty eight. Yeah, he, you know, an average of fifty eight across he's the not career is still very, very good, and and he will be a competent opening bat, I'm sure. 
But the idea that he's going to be the best opening bat in the world because he's the best player in the world, one, it wouldn't work like that necessarily, even if he were. And two, he isn't. Because over the last th- few years, he averages, you know, something in the high 40s, which places him still in the extremely good category, but he's not not anymore the the player who was smashing records to bits for years and years and years. And there, there just seems to be, there's this, it's so English, this, I don't, like, they're trying to convince themselves it's the right thing. But the other thing that's funny about it, but has also quite genuinely annoyed me, because I've increasingly come to see him as more and more of a victim in the whole thing, is Warner retiring and Steve Smith taking that place in the team just feels like yet another way those two have combined to fuck Cameron Bancroft over. He's been doing doing bits, isn't he, Bancroft, this last yeah. I mean, there's there's a like there's the whole Western Australian thing in yeah. in where they like they constantly feel like oh it's all done for the benefit of New South Wales and there's maybe a little bit of that historically, but it's also it's bollocks. They've not left him out because he's from Western Australia. They've they've left him out because he knows the truth yeah. about Sandpaper Gate <laughs> and the current captain of the Australian team. <laughs> put his name to a letter that basically said you're a lying fuck and we didn't know about it. That was yeah. the tone of that letter. <laughs> and that hasn't been addressed. You know, that it, it's perfectly valid to say we're going to try Steve Smith at the top of the order so that we can get Cameron Green into our middle order. And that means, unfortunately, Cameron Bancroft misses out. That's all fine, but you can't just pretend. And I'm not even saying that it is because of Sandpaper Gate, but you can't just pretend that there isn't that, that, something there. Yeah. You know, he he is the only one who sort of put his head slightly above the parapet and suggested what we all know, that the bowlers the bowlers might not have been directly involved, but there's no way you can fuck about with a cricket ball and have a test match bowling yeah. attack of that quality, not realise that that ball's been fucked about with. Yeah, and also how, how, how often they... And, off yeah, of the like ball they, for they, check-in. Yeah, and and, they are constantly and, got their bins on it, especially you know, when it's getting whacked against stuff. And it's constantly Stuart, looking at it. You know, Stuart Broad's thing about oh they got the ball reversing so beautifully in the ashes. It's it's weird that they decided for the very first time to try something different. You know, that <laughs> lovely bit of broading. But you know, the fact that the current captain was one of the said no, Cameron Bancroft is wrong and is now the captain of the team that isn't picking him when his numbers make very compelling case to be included. It does. It would at least need, at least need to be addressed. But I do. I think that there's a there's a fascinating thing where with Smith, like the wider point, is that like there's this sort of lag in how we treat statistics. That on the one hand we have them instantly available, updated by the ball, and on the other, like once something's in our head, it's there. And Steve Smith averages sixty in Test cricket is a thing. Because so few players average sixty in Test cricket, he averages sixty in Test cricket. Yeah, and it and it's it's going to take years. You know how how far and for how long would his average have to fall before you can't keep saying it before the before the sort of perception of Steve Smith yeah. catches up with that reality. Would he you might say... get it back up to sixty. You know, he might yeah. score. He might turn out to average hundred as an opener. Yeah, 
I'd be Absolutely. surprised. Yeah. Um, little shout out to Shamar Joseph as well, uh, who dismissed dismissed Smith in the first innings with his first ball in Test cricket. And that's a buzz, isn't it? Yeah, I just think stuff like that is so he's I think he played seven first class matches in a couple of T twenties. And he was two years ago he was a security guard. You know, he's got a young family and you know that family agreed, do you know what? To get together, yeah. go for it. You're t- you're twenty two, do it. You have a go, you know, see what happens and the lads now. But take but it, even that sort like of that. even that feeds into the you know exactly the, the inequalities in it all that because the idea that a twenty two year old Australian yeah, would still be would, would have would, sponsorships would have to, and would have, have to, be in academies. Would have to face that kind of decision, yes, like absolutely. Oh, can, can I even can I have a go at being a professional cricketer? Yeah, and most English most English twenty two year olds would would be propped up by hedge funds and fathers yeah, fathers you know, business dad, interests. Dad, daddy's hedge fund will will sort them out through the early years of their career, so that's fine. Yeah. And then they can always just go and work in finance with their uncle, so that's fine. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over many decades. <laughs> uh, I that's about it on my list. That's enough, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Dave. Thanks everyone for listening. We uh, yeah, tag us in anything. We're I'm sure there'll be more stuff. When when do England kick off? Yeah, that's coming up next week. Is it th- yeah, Thursday next low, week? There's there's loads of cricket going on. Yeah. So please, 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 if you hear something daft from any of uh, any of the commentators, let us know and we'll put it to the yeah. Dave review system. Uh, yeah. Did we sort, of, we sort of have extremely horizontal as a, a sort of a Dave review system yeah. in this one? Come on then. I, I liked it. Yeah. I'm not sure it makes any kind of sense, but it made me laugh and that's more important. So that's I think it. we we can all uh, wait with... Um, Bated breath and tappy fingers for the first time a commentator says that Duckett has gone Duckett Duckett has put his back extremely horizontal there and, yeah. and, and worked, you know. That's gonna be exciting for probably just us two and maybe two or three other twats. Uh, yeah. Um up to you whether you decide this makes you more or less likely to send us stuff, but the more that you send us stuff, the more likely we're gonna go, yeah, there's probably an episode's worth of stuff here and record another one of these. So Agreed. Up, up to you. The ball is in your court. There's a a cliche from, yeah, and tennis. I guess. Gonna ask Djokovic. Yeah. See if he wants to get involved. Does he? I think so. We'll get we'll get get Djokovic on as a guest on the next one. Nah, he'll talk about vaccines and stuff. He'll talk about that and. Uh, yeah, that'll be dull. You know who I agree with? Joey Barton. He'll say yeah. that'll be. <laughs> That's that's that rule. I'll tell, I tell, I tell you what podcast Novak Djokovic would go on. Extremely horizontal. <laughs> but a podcast with Ben Duckett and Matt Letizia. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't think that's Duckett. a callback. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that'll do. Bye, Dave. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.